How are you guys? Let me, let me see what you got from yesterday. You know there's some people that hate me asking these questions. Um, but I think I'll use this as an illustration today. So what did you get from yesterday's service? What did you get from yesterday? Um, this will be some, one of our conversational styles um, broadcast. What I mean by that, it will be back and forth, hopefully, if you speak with me. What did you get from yesterday's service? I'll wait, don't worry. I know it's a bit delayed, but I'll wait. I'll wait for everyone or for some contributions. And then I'll take you into some thoughts I want to share, mainly around giving, but you will hear me. So I'll wait. Those of you in here can talk, actually, today. You can talk. What you got? Maybe we don't have a microphone, do we? Bring a microphone next time. I think the people in here are too comfortable. So I think I'll have some conversations with Pastor Elohim as well. If I have community and imagination, nothing will be impossible, impossible for me to do. The first capital is not money, but community. Note that down, guys. That's important to, to intentionally use my imagination. There are things that only I can imagine important as well know that down pt said don't look for purpose but look for your imagination thank you sir when god wants to speak to a man he comes from his imagination daydreaming to first bring anything to life you must first you must have first pictured it in your mind okay note that down for me as well please someone note that down to first bring anything to life you must first pitch you must have first pictured it in your mind imagination is cheap but it is costly when you miss out on an opportunity to use okay now it's going fast imagination fuels creativity yeah okay you know when you start giving the key sentences that stood out i want to know your understanding of certain things but that's good contribution of course being out of sync today is worth if you're in sync tomorrow just being someone who works to be a leader of tomorrow. I get you. The only thing stopping me from reaching the top of my mountain will be my mind. The peak of the mountain is within me. Thank you, sir. For me, it was to be able to think bigger and larger. You see, those are the contributions I love. You've broken it down simply to something that is applicable. You know what I've actually said to some people? And keep having your... Um, um, keep giving me your responses I'll probably get um, IB or someone to read some of them if I miss them but you see how do you know you've got a word do you remember a few um, we actually didn't put that word on SoundCloud actually but there was a few word charges ago that I spoke about I spoke out of um, Peter's epistle and I actually said in that word that the problem is, or what Peter actually said, Peter said that he was there on the holy mountain and he heard the voice. And I was saying, and I think what my argument was through that word was that it's not enough for us to just have heard. The next scripture then tells us how he became who he became. And what did scripture say? The scripture went on to say that, but we also have we also have that prophetic message. 
are you listening to me this morning? I want to share thoughts, but it will be a bit more wordy this morning and um, hopefully inspire some. But I want you to know this again. So Peter showed us what brought him to his, what made him land in the realm of success. What made God's work in his life successful and full was the ability for him to have heard the word, yes, but he must also have it. So look at what he boasted in, that we were there and we heard it. We were there with him on the holy mountain. But what he also said is that we have it. And again, let me tell you something, that our generation actually should actually become more, be more powerful than those of the, the days of the apostles. Why? They didn't have the means of recording. We have faster, more efficient ways of recording words. But guess what? And I'll show you in a moment. That has become the biggest snare to our generation. What has been the biggest fit, uh, snare to our generation? Why is it that the generations coming and coming? Well, why do we have movies like, is it I, Robot? Uh, is it I Am Robot or I, I Robot? Why, do, why, do, why were there movies like that? Yeah, it, the, the fact that mankind is coming going, decaying in front of our eyes. But I'll get to that in a moment. Um, so what my whole point, going off Imi's point, and I can see Cicely's point, is simply, you must, and I've said this to some of you, that it is imperative, it's important that when you hear a word, you take clear instructions from it. It can be every word should have something that for you as Sharon, you know that this is what this word is saying to me. So guess what? I already know someone who did not have a mind that was applied to the word. When straight after the, the word, I asked them, what did you get from it? Because it's, it's like a conversation. You know, if we were speaking about gossip, yeah? For example, if we was gossiping on a story, yeah? You'll be able to pick out things that even if, let's say I forgot my trail, of the conversation or my trail of thought, you'll be able to pick something from it. Do you know why? Because there's something in us that likes that type of news so we can recall it. But let me tell you something, what is going to make us successful, and I want you to hear this, is the people that are able to retain what they hear. And let me say something, in fact, I'm gonna actually give different scriptures today actually, so follow me idea. You know, and it's, I think I'm going to start off with a scripture that I've been pondering on and it's my prayer, but I want it to be something I read to you and it can become your prayer too or what I pray for you. We're in a time, and I want to start as slow as this. We're in a time whereby we have to see, how can I say this now? Um, we have to see what is happening around us. You know, that sounds very basic, but again, with the points I'm going to give or the thoughts that I'm going to share with you this morning, I hope you would understand me. We have to be very conscious of what's happening so that we are not victims, but we can be the people that create things. Now, I've said that so simply. 
um, I'm going to have to give you scriptures to expand those thoughts. So let's start off with my prayer for you guys. Then I'll come back to this thought why I said we have to be aware of what's happening so that we don't become victims of what's happening, but we can be, in other words, the happening people. But first scripture, Isaiah 11. God started to speak about his servant. He was talking about, and I want to say this to you as prophetically, or I want to reiterate what Isaiah said um, prophetically to our generation. Yeah, I want to say this because, again, the issue that we may have most of the times is we struggle to retain the word. But what makes a man successful is going to be his ability to have heard and then to have. And again, just so that you don't lose where I'm going to go with this, remember that what should be is that our generation should turn out to be more powerful than the apostles. And that's not my opinion, guys. Yeah, that's not my opinion. In case someone starts to think these are spiritual things, I want you to know, go and check. Apostle was not a church word. Apostle was not a word formulated by the church. The Roman Empire had um, that concept there. It means people who offer a special message. So guess what? No, let me not go ahead of myself. So we can have thoughts on what modern day apostles are. Don't worry, I'll tie everything together. So let's start off with Isaiah 11. This is my prayer and this is my prayer for the whole of COD family. Go on. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. What was considered dead, life will spring forth from. Here is a stump, but God actually says through the prophet, guess what? The prophet at that moment shared in the imagination of God. God was able to give him because something that Pastor Toby said to us yesterday is that when God wants to change the affairs of men, what does he do? He begins to infiltrate the realm of men through the imagination of some. God starts to share his imagination with some people. God starts to share his mind. Yeah, eventually I'll take you to the scripture where the Bible says, who has known the mind of the Lord? And then, but, and so, so as to instruct him, then the Bible actually goes on to say, but we have the mind of Christ. But again, not going ahead of myself. So what God began to share with Isaiah is that from what was considered dead, from what was considered cut off, from what was considered rejected, New life will bud through. New life will spring forth. This is God's servant. Go on. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. Yeah. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So why would there be life produced, of, produced from where it was dead or where it was rejected or where it was cut off? Why would there be new life? Because the spirit of God will rest on a person. Are you with me this morning? I want you to speak with me. I want you to speak with me so that every thought that I begin to share with you, you would know that it's not actually my opinion. You will know that this is, these are things that you would see in scripture, but it's more than scripture. These are things that would infiltrate into your life. Well, I want to speak to you about actually a seed, but you will hear me in a moment. So look at what he says. Go on. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. No, read it from the verse one again. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. So can we first prophesy to one another that there's going to be a new life? 
There's going to be new creation. There's going to be a new generation, a new people that will spring forth from where it's considered dead and rejected. When you look at the black community, you can actually almost agree with one another that nothing good can actually come out of this. So as we are to think, nothing good will come out of this. But guess what? The Bible says through the creativity of God shared with a man that out of a place that should have been cut off, what would happen? New life will spring forth. From its root, the branch will bear fruit. But why would they bear fruit? Again, it's a prophecy. I want you to hear me. It's a prophecy. So I, I don't know what family you're coming from. Maybe your family's cut off. Maybe the lineage of creativity is cut off in your life. But God says that for some, new life is about to spring forth. Then what does he say? Why is it that they will bear fruit? Why would there be new life? Go on. The spirit of the Lord will rest. on Because the spirit of the Lord will rest. The spirit of the Lord will find a man, will find a people to rest upon. Now, someone would then begin to say, okay, this is another spiritual talk. How do I um, take this and apply it into my trading? How do I apply this into my job? How do I apply this into my career, into my plans, my dreams, into my day-to-day -day activity? You're going to see it because what we, in, for example, in the Pentecostal churches that we grew up in, I want you to know that most of these churches, rather than doing us good, has actually done us great harm. Do you know why? Because it has damaged the faculties of our minds. It has damaged the mind, the things in our minds that we should have used to process life. From the place where we're meant to have the right perspective on life, these things have been damaged greatly because of the misconception of the word. But this is what we want to now begin to break down before, um, before ourselves this morning, that God actually begins to describe to us what the spirit of the Lord would do to a man. The spirit of the Lord does not make a man shake. The spirit of the Lord does not make us roll all over the ground, even though these may be expressions. But the first identification or how do we attribute or how do we know that the spirit of the Lord rests upon a, a dami or upon a parise or upon an ibi? How do we know that the spirit of the Lord rests upon a young person is from the description we will now have. Because this is now the description of what the spirit of the Lord consists of. And this is my prayer for the COD family. The spirit of the Lord, what does it then go on? to say go on the spirit of wisdom and of understanding it describes the spirit of the lord the spirit of the lord is first the spirit of wisdom the ability to apply knowledge that is given to you that's the spirit so how would i know someone that has the spirit it's not the person that quotes many scriptures is you would see the the development of their mind this the spirit of wisdom go on the spirit of understanding yeah the spirit of counsel. The spirit of counsel. Someone will say, how do you always know what to say? I'm telling them, I don't always know what to say, but there's a spirit that rests. And I want to show you because I had a conversation yesterday. In fact, let me just use this to, come, to have a conversation with you. I had a conversation yesterday and I realized why many people don't actually have the spirit of God resting on them. And guess what? The spirit of God does not rest upon a person because they're good or bad. He rests where he's welcomed. Did you hear what I've just said to you? Are you sure you heard what I said? The spirit of God rests where he is welcomed. You know, your agitation doesn't allow him to rest. 
let me let me not go ahead of myself. So we've seen, so the description of the spirit of the Lord, please, I beg you that everyone listen to me. Just listen to me, please, just listen to me, yeah? The spirit of the Lord, the reason why there'll be new life is because the spirit of the Lord will find a person, a people where he can rest. Now, this is the description of the spirit of the Lord. In case the, the churches we have grown up in has given us a different idea of what the spirit of the Lord does in a person's life. Someone thinks that the spirit of the Lord is only to speak in tongues. No, you would see certain changes upon a person's life. And these changes will actually identify the simple becoming wise because we would see the attributes of the spirit upon that person there'll be the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might right carry on reading the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of god of the lord and go on to read what does it say next and he will delight in the fear of the lord so i've actually read this to some people saying and i think i've actually shared this with you the bible actually says that out of a place, out of a stump, there will be life that will spring forth. And the Bible actually says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. But if you read it properly, especially in the NIV, NIV version or the New International Version, what you would actually see is that when the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, you can actually read it going on to the next part where it says, and, the delight, and he would delight in the fear of the Lord. So all that wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, Knowledge, fear is the description of the spirit. Now, why did I share all of this with you? Why did I share all of this with you guys? Unless we understand what the spirit of the Lord comes to do in our lives, we will not even know his working. You know, yesterday I had a conversation actually with Pastor Henry on our way to service. And I want you to hear this. We actually were speaking and we actually discovered something that it almost as if, and I want you to be honest, I want you to think, because ultimately where I want to go with this is seed. You know what I find amazing is that it's like God's plan for our lives is to deliberately destroy it. Yeah? It's like he actually raises us we can have talents, we can have potentials, we can have all kinds of things. But it's almost like his goal with our lives is to reveal our weakness by ourselves. That in as much as a man may think that he's powerful, he's able, it's like God just allows nature and life to show how fragile a man really is without him. So when does the Holy Spirit actually work with a person? When the person recognizes that they are weak, even though they consider themselves strong. For instance, we look at a Paul in the Bible. Paul was a very intellectual man. He was a man that had learned so much. He, was, he said of the Pharisee, I was a Pharisee. He boasted on where he, where he grew up from. He boasted on his ability. But guess what? If he was going to know Christ, he had to consider all his strength as junk and weakness. So it's almost like the Holy Spirit can only begin to work with a person when they've exhausted themselves. That's why I get when you look at someone like a Jacob in the Bible, he had too many years of his own strength until he started to expend everything he had. Until he had given off everything and it was at that point that God met him. 
It was at that point that God was going to bless him and empower him. So yes, when somebody, so sometimes when you see weakness in your life, weakness that, um, weakness attributed or weakness that's discovered based on the call of God. So now you've realized you've opened up your mind to the things that God has called you to do, but then you re realize that you're weak, you're unable to achieve the things that the Lord has called you to do. Guess what? It's at that recognizing point, the point that you recognize these things, that the Holy Spirit can now begin to rest. So notice that the Spirit of God had to rest on a people that was already cut off. That's why I took you to the scripture, that out of the stump, will spring forth new life. Do you understand my first thought? This is my prayer part before I get into what I'm trying to say to you. So actually, there was actually a cutting off of a generation. They were now weak, so they needed help. They needed the Holy Spirit. And all of these things began to happen to the man that receives the Spirit. So my prayer for the COD family is that one, we first understand what the Spirit of God does in a person's life. To the person that does not understand, the Spirit of God can give you understanding. To the person that has not been taught, the Spirit of God will give you a teaching that cannot be taught by men. To the man that is, um, to, is simple will be made wise. To the man that does not know, the right counsel of their life will be a counsellor. These are the things that the Holy Spirit... So actually what I'm trying to say to you is that when we begin to say we're in a meeting or like Thursday we're about to come into the congregation, gather with the saints once again, what we're saying to ourselves is that you see in that gathering when the Holy Spirit comes, it's actually going to create brighter minds. When you actually hear me say things like I'm surrounding around myself people that are of bright minds, I'm actually looking for people who have allowed the Spirit to rest upon their life. But guess what? Here now takes us back into this whole topic of dreaming, imagination, and then ultimately seed. Is that why Christ showed up as a weak baby and not as a strong grown man? Man always needed God's spirit at all times. And God set us up deliberately to know that we are incapable. We're not, we are not able. We're inadequate without him. But guess what? Why is man constantly creating a new wave of destruction? Because they cannot admit their weakness. In fact, life actually tries to promote your strength. But God actually needs you to know that it's in our weakness that he is strong. Do you understand this thing? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So what I want to speak to you about is the concept and the notion upon which I give. I want to use imagination, thoughts, dreams and patterns so that we may understand and I'll have to use it from my perspective, the, the, the concept and the notion upon which I give. Because I, for some, and I have to, this is why I have to speak to you privately through this. I think for some we have not understood, we have not come to the place of understanding what C does. I don't think we understand it at all. I think some people are able to say that we know Pastor Obi, but you don't know because there are certain key stories that I've told you, key stories that I've said to you. And if you actually trace everything, you would see that at the core of, at the core of it is seed. So what can we have today? And this is, I, I actually said to God, I will not come here to complain. Do you understand? But I will have to give word concerning it. You know, the problem that we have, guys, is... 
Because we don't understand the thing yet or we have not yet had the revelation of it, that's why we will need another man to motivate us in things or matters pertaining to God. Seed is something that you should have a revelation of that should every single person stop, you will not be able to stop because you have actually had a revelation of it. You've actually come to the place of understanding why seed is not a matter of like the world will try to make it seem. It's not a money-making scheme. It's actually an ability to have sight. No, let me not go ahead of myself. So let's go to first, let's go to, um, what scripture should we start off? Give me some of the scriptures that you've given first before I share some scriptures and then we move on from there. So the concept and notion by which I give, upon which I give. Ephesians. If you're confident, just read. Just read any scripture. I just want some scriptures read and then we'll go forward from there. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine yeah. or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deep. Did you hear that? Um, he does that not by pushing us around, but by working within us. So what somebody has to ask themselves is what is the work of God within me? What is the work of God within me? Now, I want you to finish reading that, then read it in the other translation so that we can understand this scripture properly. Please, I hope you're with me this morning. Go on. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. Yeah. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Yeah. Read the next um, translation. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Yeah. According to his power that is at work within us. Yeah. Now look at this. God works within us, but what is the power of God that works within us? The faculty of the mind, imagination. How can I say this? PT said to us yesterday, when God wants to actually infiltrate the realm of men and change a thing, his infiltration process is actually to intercept the mind of a person. Think about your life. You was very, very much affirmative or you was very much conf like you were sold out to what you were doing. You were living a life um, oblivious of God. Yes, your parents could have taken you to church. But if you ask what is God doing in a generation, there's nothing for you to say. You had never been taught that. Listen, what I've just said is very important for you to keep hold of. You had never been taught what God is trying to do. The most you knew about God at that time is that you had to worship him in order to avoid hell. But you were never taught what is God doing in a time. Yet scripture always shows us, every part of scripture shows us that God was working. There was always something he was doing at a time. Obviously the whole message was salvation through Christ. But he was always doing something. But guess what? The churches we see today or the churches that we were met with, that we grew up in, failed to teach us or failed to discern the mind of God and tell us what God is doing in a time. Failed to direct us in the way that God needed us to walk in so that we may know. So guess what? The Bible actually lets us know that, you see, the way that God works through us is through our imagination. So what God attempts to do with men is that he intercepts, he takes captive 
their thoughts. Look at this now. If I say to you the word dog, you're not going to think of the letter D-O-G at first. You're going to think the image will come up to your mind, right? If we speak about that. Now, guess what happens? You see that faculty of the mind, the imagination. That's godly. It gives you the ability to see things that men cannot see. It gives you the ability to live where, where your physical body is not living. Now, why am I saying all of this? Why does it sound like I'm going here and there? I want you to actually understand something about now, our generation. And I, again, I'll get this to see. The problem with our generation now is that we have been intercepted in our thoughts. Why did I give you the analogy of this? If I said dog, the image of a dog comes to you. It's simply this. Imagination is kick-started or is kick-started, yes, is actually kick-started by the words you hear. So imagine a generation who were made in the image of God fell from God's image because they were not hearing God's word to have his thoughts. Why do we pay attention to the word? Because the word, the more I hear the word, the more, the more my mind begins to create pictures of what I am hearing. So that's why I can't believe when people say, I didn't get something from the word. Do you know what you've just told me? You were looking, but you were not hearing. You were not paying attention. Like right now, there's some people that are not paying attention. But guess what? You see that? faculty of the mind, the imagination, was given to us so that we may know that in nature we are gods. So guess what? The innovative thinking of men, men that were able to create ideas, guess what, about, guess what I want you to hear about them? Those thoughts, ideas and creativity, the men that created things, guess what? These men actually were people, recipients of God's gifts. What do I mean by that? Their ideas, the things that they created were God's gift given to men. Men who were able to meditate on certain thoughts. So there were some people who de developed through observation. They kept looking at a matter or they developed off the principle or thoughts that other people may have had. And all of a sudden God dropped a gift in them, which is their creativity, the things that they created. The ability to think. These were God's gifts given to men. So why am I saying all of this? You see what the concept of seed does. Let me give you a thought. Abraham one day needed to get insight about his generation. And when he wanted to get insight, he first embraced that he had a call. But he would not know what he has not yet seen. You know, there's a scripture I'm going to take you to um, 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 in 2 Corinthians in a moment, where you would actually know the function of a preacher. Why does a preacher speak words that is actually piercing or words that challenge your thought pattern? They speak in a way because they have to bring into subjection the thoughts of a man back. They have to literally hold the thoughts of man and stir it back to the obedience to Christ. Because unless it's there, you cannot think like he does. You cannot create a world. Now, the talk about creating a world is something far-fetched, but it's actually embedded in every man that man should be able to create. Think about it. If no man thought, 
I hope you would hear me. And I pray that God will give me ability to speak this clearly to you. If there was no man that had the moment of thinking, if no man since the creation of this world ever sat down and thought, guess what? We will not have the things we see today. You see where you're sitting down right now? It was, it was the fruit or the manifestation of someone's thought. You know where you're sleeping, where you, the, where you get to sleep. You do know that you didn't create that, right? You do know that there was enough, it wasn't an alien that created it. It was a man who, through observation or through what they were hearing, was able to develop a thought. They were able to think and imagine and create something. So guess what? Why am I saying all of these things to you now? The problem with our community is that instead of us learning how to think, we have been so captivated, we have been so enslaved that we now have people who think on our behalf. If you think what I'm saying is far-fetched, what's the last thing you have thought and created? Everything you live by, in fact, the things that you are consumed by, another man created. And now, so your whole thinking is processed by another man's thought. So for example, simple maths equations, for example. A man, you know, there were some places where there was no calculators. So a man's mind is actually challenged to develop and think and be applied to something. But guess what? If there's the simplest of equation to, to work out, someone fought on our behalf and created the calculator. Someone was able to then put that into the phone. So instead of you using your mind to think, because imagination is a faculty of the mind, instead of you using your mind to create, because creativity is a fruit of your imagination, instead of you having that ability to use your mind to create something, to imagine to create, someone else's thought has stopped you thinking. So guess what? I always say this. A black man is known for entertainment or consuming. You will never, you will hardly ever hear that they created something. Now, is this to then say we're doomed? It, yeah, it's to say we're doomed. The black race, for example, are very doomed. Are we're, it's completely dead. It's, there's no chance for us. But that's why I started with the first scripture, Isaiah 11, that out of a dead place, new life will rise. Why would it rise? Because there will be somebody that will be able to welcome the spirit, the mind of God. No person can know the thoughts of a person. No other person can know. No one can know the thoughts of a person except his own spirit. That's what 1 Corinthians 2 says. But it's, So nobody can know the mind of God except his own spirit. Now it goes on to say that we have not received the spirit of the world, but we have, the, we have received the spirit that is from God. So what does that mean? What God gave us was the ability to think like he thinks. To imagine like he imagines and therefore to create as he creates. The men that you see that's created things that has made our lives easier are testament that there's a God. Because there's a God that we speak of that provides. How does he provide? He works. Oh no, I think you guys don't understand what I'm trying to say. The church concept that we grew up in made us think that there was going to be some move in the world that would happen that we would then say that was God. So we feel like the heavens were open and a hand would deliver to us what we're looking for. But scripture showed us, the Ephesians 3 that you read, showed us that God does not work by pushing us around. So it's not an external force, it's an internal force. 
How does he work through us, our imaginations, our thoughts? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? He works through our thoughts. So what does God do? He goes into an ivy and he begins to, he begins to dictate the way she thinks. How does that happen? Through the constant exposure to the word. Because the more I speak, the images of God is being created in your mind. So again, look at the black community as I'm saying to you. We don't think for ourselves. Young people don't think for themselves. They get obliviously into certain things, but they've never had the chance to sit down and think things through. But there was a particle of God given to us, deposited in us, that makes us create as he created. So again, these men that created, when we look at the Elon Musk or, or, or the Albert Einsteins and all of these men, men that created all kinds of things that eased our lives, guess what? They are testament that there's a God that provides because it was God that gave them them thoughts. There's no good gift that comes except it comes from above. There's nothing good that comes unless it's come from above. So again, like PT was saying, many of these people that created things, you would think of them that they think they they extreme um they they think very exaggerated. Their thinking is it, it, what's the word now? They they think in a way that you would say is not normal. So that's why I think I said to you a, a couple um, conversations with P.O. ago, I said to you that that's why you will look at certain people and most of these geniuses, they will actually attribute and say that there's a problem with their mind. You will actually say that there's some kind of autism there. There's no issue. It's just that they've unlocked a certain part of their mind. I gave you the thought that, that I said to you, if they were kept in a dark alley or in a, in, a, um, in a room where they had no interaction with people or books or media, would they have a developed mind like they have today? No, there were certain men that were able to hold, take hold of certain thoughts and develop it. So why does seed come into all of this now? God gives us the gift of his mind. Gift, you see the seed. The seed has helped us to know. So let me explain something practically. Practically. There's, let me just use Kida. Kida would be my easiest example to use. So, and you can use this with the nation family. If you choose to think, you think about the nation family. Why does the nation family try a lot of things? We're exercising that part of our minds that's godly. Why would you look at Shepherd's Media? I always say this to the uh, media office. I always say to them, when you look at Shepherd's Media, Shepherd's Media, every single service, there's some kind of new creativity. Guess where creati creativity is usually birthed from? When the normal resources has ran out. I need you to understand the concept of seed. You know why we give and give, some, most of the times we give our all or we give our last? It's this. We come to the end of our resources so God begins to share with us his. So look at this. Akida, for example, who has made up his mind that he's a property developer. You know, my fight with him has always been, you're too polished. This is what I've always said. Like me and, um, me and his good friend, Pastor Elohim, were sitting one day gossiping about Akida and we're just thinking that this guy is too polished. But guess what? He was too strong. So he didn't need to look or lean into another thing. Because he was so good in mind in property development, he could not see something else. But what was he lacking? The help of God.
So guess what? What would God have to do? God would then give Akida a breakthrough. Money will come in. Then God will commit to Akida giving. Kida will hear the word of the Lord and constantly, because he's hearing the word of God, he starts to think like God without him trying to think like God because he's constantly hearing. Success can keep you caged, fear. If you're successful in doing one thing, you say you don't want to move because it works for you. Exactly. But guess what? The mind of God told us to develop many streams. So if a person looks at one thing and think that their life is made from that one thing, guess what? They're not thinking like God. They're thinking like a man that they've seen. I even dare to say that even if that person is someone that is a well thought out person, guess what? They've allowed somebody else to think for them. What does God do? The duty of a preacher, the duty of a messenger, the duty of a man of God is to simply take hold of your thoughts and bring it to the obedience of Christ. So that you may know that, look, you may think you don't have, but the reason why you think you don't have is because your thought pattern has been seared or constructed in a way that only embraces what you have seen from other men. But God actually says it's when you don't have that you will actually have should you ask. Do you know what I've realized about some people? People out, in fact, I'll get to that. Let me not say that. So uh, using Keda as example, so property was always things. So what God did, he kept hearing the word of God, kept hearing the word of God. And the instruction was simple. He just kept giving. Gave his way into debt. Now he's scratching his head and he's thinking, oh, I need to pay this. I still need to give. I need to do this. I need to do this. Then guess what? It was going to be at that point when he needs help that God gives him seed. The seed that God gives him, like I was saying to you on Friday, is not first money, it's an idea. Did I not say that to you on, on, on Friday? The first seed that God gives you are ideas. There's some ideas that look so small that we disband, and there's some ideas that look so big that we, we actually say we can't do. But that's the seed that God gives. He gives you that seed and you will be able to then produce from it. So what am I saying simply from what I'm trying to illustrate with Kida? Kida ran uh, ran out of his resources and began to need help. He, his life got to a place where he needed the help of God. And what happened? Like a gift, certain things came. And now in a moment, there's been at least times three streams produced in his life. Why? Because the resources he had, had run out. Now, why does the man of God speak a word? And from the words, there's the instruction of sowing. I'm not talking about the churches we've grown up in. A man that's not able to teach you the knowledge of God should not teach you, should not ask you for seed. Because what was going to make God um, tell Abraham to offer to him, you know, God told man to give him his offering, right? Yeah, so it's not like uh, it was a man that um, inspired Abraham. It was God that spoke to him. So when a man of God now says give, They've given after sharing knowledge with God. But for you to now walk in that knowledge or to have a new dimension of that knowledge, he says so. So guess what? I'm looking at people and some people get to a place whereby they are speaking to a team yesterday. And someone at the beginning of the month, as you know, by the way, let me, since this is not going to be public, uh, you know, I, I always find people. How do I say this without sounding too rude? How do I say this without sounding too rude? Well, I'm going to have to sound rude. Um, you know, I find this so amazing, yeah? 
when people believe they're bigger than a work. You know, I, I, I have a list, yeah, and it's deliberate. I look at the names of people. There's been a whole mobilization workshop. There's been a whole conversation about giving. And then the team puts forward, okay, send your pledges. And then you look at the list after. And I look at people who, because they're called pastor, or they're called this, they think they're somebody, so they don't respond. And I look at these people, and I, I, yesterday I laughed to myself, looking at the people. Sometimes I'll talk with them, shake hands with them. And I'm looking at the people that won't respond to giving, uh, making known your pledges because they're pastors or whatever they think they are. And I just, I just laugh and I was like, oh, this person thinks they're somebody. I was like, wow, this person thinks they're somebody. So they don't respond to the, ne the necessary things that keeps this going. So I just said it. I just left to myself and I said, okay, next month, don't include them. Simple. Don't include them in the list. But that's more of a conversation between me, Nana, and Corinne. So in case you don't see yourself in the given to next month, which we will start pledging for in a moment, um, don't feel offended. Just uh, We didn't want to disturb people who are somebodies. Because, you know, it's usually somebodies that don't respond to things. Um, but where was I anyway? I just needed to say that. Because the people that knows that they don't respond knows that I'm talking about them. I don't care how close they are to me. Um, Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let me just start to round up. I don't want to do this more than an hour. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse, read from verse 1. Go on. Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, yeah. who in presence am base among you, yeah. but being absent, am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, Wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as we walked according to the flesh. Yeah. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For what the translation are you reading there? King James. Go on. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, yeah. but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The pulling down of strongholds, mighty through God. So what's the duty of a man of God when he's speaking the word? He's waging war against strongholds. What are the strongholds? Go on. Casting down imaginations. These imaginations. You know, it's because of time I would have taken you into more scriptures where even God started to say that all the, all the imaginations of man are evil. Everything that comes out of them is evil. But what's evil? Should I go into this? Evil, again, wicked or evil is not necessarily witchcraft, even though it includes that. Evil is contrary to God. So someone's way of raising finances may be contrary to God. It may not necessarily be fraud, but it may not be in mind of what God is saying. That's evil. Are you still on with me or are you offended with my last comment? There's somebody's, so stop worrying about them. It's fine. There's somebody's, pastors or whoever, there's somebody's. So they don't need to be responded to. Now, what does the man of God do? He challenges. There are certain thoughts that has become slaves to certain ideas. Imagine the imaginations of people have been, you know, so they've actually become enslaved. That's the word I have to use to certain, to, to the expression of this world. Paul got to a place where he began to say, do not be conformed to this world. And he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. You would actually realize that there's a reoccurrence of conversation in scripture, which actually says that the production of a person's life is going to be out of their mind. 
what I'm creating, what I'm living in today. So I've looked at people and I, sometimes when they speak, my harsh rebuke of them is to tell them that this, you see this mindset is going to make you nobody. It's going to make you a non-entity. And guess what? Because your mindset is like this, and because this mindset is not new, meaning that the reason why we can rebuke this sharply is because this mindset is in the majority of people. Guess what? When I rebuke someone sharply, I'm actually saying to them, look, this mindset is going to be your downfall. And the problem with it as well is that if you allow this mindset to completely own you, what will happen is that you would never admit that it's you that's in the wrong. You will always blame external factors. And guess what? That will even be a statement to anyone that really knows the word of God that this person is already at loggerhead with God because the issues of life are never external. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for it's from there that the issues of life spring from. So anything that bothers me is not an external factor, it's within me. So when I rebuke someone sharply, someone's telling me, and I'm thinking, don't, don't come to me with this crap. I'm telling them that this mind is what's going to stop you becoming what you're meant to become. Someone say, everything I do is deliberate. I learned how harshly Christ had to sh um, shut down Peter in front of people. Why? Because he knew that that mind was Satan. It was at loggerhead with God. But anyway, my whole point with this is this, with this scripture is that what God uses the man of God, Pastor Toby, to do or anyone that you hear speak in the word is to take captive of your thoughts again and bring it under to the obedience of Christ. God gave us a gift and that gift is our imagination. But you see, for that to kickstart, for you to share in the mind of God, God actually also needs you to come to the end of your resources and strength. So seed is one of the biggest statements we can make. It's not the only, but it's one of the biggest statements we can make in a world that's governed by money. The reason why someone sleeps or go to bed is usually because of money. The reason why somebody goes to school is because they feel like this job's going to give them money. So their life is ran by money. Now, one of the biggest ways to know what God is saying next or to enter into something new, is by coming to the end of your resources there. Now, I don't expect everyone to receive what I'm saying, but this is my concept and notion upon which I give. I realize that if I'm going to try and measure my mind against some of the brightest minds, I don't have the time. Some people started before me. But I took that as a thing that I hold on to because I look at Pastor Toby who came disadvantaged to everyone else that was in the city. But what concept did he show us? We look at his life today. What concept did he show us? What notion did he show us? Giving. Giving constantly brought him to a place of creating something beyond the church that we've seen. So how does IB become the next voice? Whether it's in interviews, podcasts, radios, or shows, whatever it is, how does she become that? Yes, she's going to know that the majority, there's already, an, uh, 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 there's already stakeholders in a certain mindset for that world. Now, she may not be able to buy in, but there's a different mind. There's a mind that's higher. So that's why the Bible says, set your mind on things above. There's a mind higher. How does she um, buy a, um, a, a stake into this? How does she become a stakeholder in God's mind? You sow. You actually tell God that you've ran out of your strength for his. 
Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So some people say, I remember, and if Pastor Henry's on, he was one of the people who say, how did you become a son so quickly? I'm not saying I bought my way into it. Listen to me. I'm saying that I believed in something so much that I gave my all into it. So in return, God gave me. I feel like I shouldn't have shared this today. So that, uh, because I feel like, I don't want people to think that I'm saying is that, no, it's COD I'm talking to. I, I, I don't want you to think what I'm saying is that you can buy your way into things. What I'm saying to you is the faith behind why we do that. What I'm trying to share with you is the faith. It's what's made me. Let me be honest with you guys. Can I just be honest with you? There are brilliant people around me, but God chose me. Why? I've always taught you, for those that's been walking with me the longest, I've always taught you that I've always prayed to God for a faith that seems stupid to people. Always. And my statement of faith, one of my biggest statements of faith, consistent, has been sowing. I don't need to be, PT, let me tell you something, PT don't need to mobilize me for giving. Because I think I've received the revelation of it. Deliberate choosing of strength. Thank you, sir. I actually call myself weak. I consider myself weak to receive his strength. So again, giving is, so... I look at people and this is what I want you to get from all that I'm saying today. This whole talk of imagination, this whole talk of dreaming, do you understand? This whole talk of visions is the, the price for it, the price to the achievement of these things is what are you going to give? Men gave their lives for what they dreamed about. What they dreamt about. Men gave their lives for what they thought about. They were certain. So you look at people that created something, a thought came and they gave their life. And that giving was what made their thoughts or their visions or dream a reality. So I remember, and I had to sit down for a bit this morning, and I remember the times that I said that I saw fire um, spreading across Europe. I believed in that happening. I believe that we're going to create a financial plan that will empower youth and reawaken. That's the actual word that God gave me this morning. Creates a great reawakening in the lives of young people across Europe. I believe it. But guess what? How do I get there? See this going to be my opportunity to trade my strength with God's strength. So in return, God will give me either ideas or give me minds that can create ideas. Because creativity is one, it's God's first attribute towards changing the world. CLD, what do I want to say to you with this now? And this is where I'll end. I want you to know that, and this may sound something that I've repeated often to you, but I want you to believe me, yeah? The next generation church, and I've said this for years, yeah, is hanging upon our seriousness. If there's going to be the voice of God, yeah, not missing in our generation, it's going to be based on us taking this work serious. And I want you to sit down because there are many things I've said and you may have to go back and listen to this. There are many things I've said, but I want you to know that, look, you will have to sit down because there are many things set up in your life that opposes the thoughts of God in your life. There are many things that opposes the thoughts of God. And the thoughts of God, when I'm saying that, I'm not talking about a heaven. I'm talking about the ability to create 
in the now. The ability to create a world when the world is, is down and out. God gave men who are to be made in his image, who he made in his image. The image of God was not going to be based on bodily framing. It was going to be a, based on the mind he gave them, the spirit of God. Once we've received the spirit of God, when a world is down and out, he expects the men that has his likeness, his spirit, he expects them to be able to sit down and create. When a world is dark, when it looks like finances are running out and you're thinking, how do I get to a place where I can be given a hundred thousand each month? You don't have the resources. So why did God give you that thought of sowing? Have you ever been in a place where you've thought, I think this is the reason why we pledge ridiculously, but so it's not a problem. Have you ever pledged or thought that I should be given more than you can give today? Guess what? That's God's thought. God will always, God's thoughts are higher and bigger than ours. So when you think like that, what is God then going to give you to achieve that? He will start sharing thoughts with you. God will start giving gifts and ideas or resources or people. So I'm intentional. I think one of the things I was speaking to one of your sisters and you know, like take this however you want to take this. I know when God gives me people. I know it. And uh, not to get the person big-headed, in fact, let me not say it, because they're one of those outspoken people. I know when God gives me certain people, and I was speaking to them the other day, and I think that's why one of the things that we need to do, yeah, is start conversations with each other, discussions, debates, understand, amongst people, have topics that expand the mind. Let us dwell on a topic until God's mind starts to, be, starts to share, until God starts to share his mind about a topic. I believe we can create a loaning system, a banking system for young people. I believe we can create something better than student loan. I believe we can create something that will be an alternative. Some people can go into university knowing that we have created something and they won't have to go through student loan. They can come through us. I believe it. I know we've got a task with students. I know it. I know that we have a task and this is going to be something that will grow from the United Kingdom but spread across Europe. I know it. But guess what? God gives us seed to see the creation of that. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? So let's stop here. I'm going to leave it here. Um, um, I think what I'll do is maybe like tomorrow or so, I'll begin to share thoughts. Um, or what I mean by sharing thoughts, I mean practical things that we will start doing in the COD family, like the discussions, the debates and all of these things um, so that we can expand our minds. But We've got a target this, this week. We've got a given target. It's now for us to rise up and say that we'll do whatever we can to make up. Are you hearing me, guys? I love you guys.